0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Glitter Cast. We have Valentine's Day coming up, which is my favorite holiday. And to celebrate, I'm actually doing a little bit of a flashback. So I'm going to play for you guys an episode that originally aired on my first podcast, Witch Doctorate. And it's just information about love magic and sex magic and how to enchant someone that you're interested in. And I hope you enjoy it. Coming up in the next week, I have an interview with the wonderful artist, Brett Manning, and then I've got some other fun stuff coming up after that, so please tune in. I hope you guys have a wonderful Valentine's Day, whether you're single or partnered up. I hope it's great. Hey guys, you heard the bell. Since I started the episode with the bell, it means it's a lab episode and it is actually one twenty-three in the morning on Valentine's Day. But if you remember from the numerology lab, if you follow the logic of insane people, one twenty-three, one two three 123 means I must be right on time. So we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about love, sex and magic. Woo! But first I have two psychic stories for you. And the first one is a Ouija board story. I went to Portland recently. I went to visit Jim and Mallory, who are the ones who taught me everything I know about setting up my podcast, basically what equipment to get, how to edit it. They're responsible for that. So blame or thank them, your choice. But we, I, w- I was there, I was visiting Portland and it was the night of a lunar eclipse and Mallory's suggested that we play with the Ouija board, which blew my mind because I held a seance when we were like 18 or 19 and totally summoned a ghost that scared the shit out of her. So for the longest time, pretty much since then, she has refused to do any sort of seance-y stuff for the most part anyway. So she was like, yeah, let's get a Ouija board. And I was shocked, but really excited. So we got the Ouija board, me and her and her husband. And we contacted somebody and we were talking to this entity and they have a cat named Lady Stardust. So I asked, Can you can the cat see you? And the Ouija board said no. So then I asked, Can you make the cat see you? And the Ouija board said yes. So we all just kind of look over at the cat who was sitting on the couch next next to us and had pretty much just been staring at us the entire time that we had been holding the session. And all of a sudden, the cat turned her head, like, just turned her head to the side and started staring in a completely different direction. And we were just kind of like, the hair on our arms stood up. And then the Ouija board spelled out string. And we looked at the cat again, and there was a string next to her. And she started playing with it. So it was amazing and awesome, and it was, like, fun in the best way possible. So that's my first psychic story. My second psychic story is I was with, I was with th- someone. We'll just leave it at that. I was with someone, and we both had a donut, and mine was, like, a fruity cronut type of thing, and his was peanut butter. So I was eating mine. Then he took a bite from his and all of a sudden my mouth filled up with the taste of peanut butter. So I was tasting what he was eating and never had that happen to me before ever, but it totally blew my mind. And I was like, wow, I must have a psychic connection with this person if I can taste what they're eating. And then I I like told him what happened and he was like, yeah, okay. But I told him that he should eat, eat ribs while I had tofu so that I could remember what ribs tasted like. Because I haven't had them since I was 10, but I remember them being so delicious. Anyway, those are my two stories. We're going to talk about love, love magic, psychic connection, all the fun things. Valentine's Day is my favorite holiday, probably because it's very likely that I was a Valentine's Day baby. I'm a Scorpio, so makes sense. It adds up. We're going to talk about love. I love Valentine's Day. I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to jump out of bed like a fucking unicorn. I probably won't go to sleep until like four because I'm recording this and then I have to edit it and then I don't know. I'll be a lunatic. I'll be all hyped up. So that's what's happening. That is what's happening. Okay, let's get to it. Since we are talking about love and magic and how those things work together, I want to Caution you against putting a love spell on a specific person. In my experience, it's not a great decision to make. You're playing with your own psyche. You're playing with someone else's psyche. I mean, you don't want to impose your will on someone. And do you really want someone who is into you because you cast a spell? It's not worth it. They take, it takes away your energy. You can mess with your own head. Just don't do it. If you are trying to enchant a specific person. There are ways that you can do it and we'll get into that towards the end of the spell cast, but just don't go into a ritual with a specific person in mind. It's bad news bears. Now, if you would like to do some sort of love spell to attract love into your life, I'm all for that. Self-love magic is a really nice practice to add into your mix. Self-love is going to trump any sort of love spell you can put on a specific person because the more you love yourself, the more you accept yourself, the more you're going to attract someone who sees you for that. It's not worth investing your energy into hoping someone who doesn't see you will see you. It's not worth it. So let's say that we want to attract someone into our life. Let's hypothetically just get into the components of creating a love spell. So let's go through that. If I was going to want, if I was going to try to attract a new partner into my life, I would set up a ritual. I would use candle magic for a beginner, you know, have your, have your altar. If you don't have an altar and you want to start practicing witchcraft, that's probably one of the first things that you should do. If you don't have one, find a, find some sort of sacred place where you can set up candles. A table is fine. You want to make sure you sage your area first before you go into a spell. If you're if you're new to magic, just be careful about saging your house or your apartment in general as a daily practice or as a cleansing practice without blessing your living space or wherever you're saging afterwards now if you're going into a ritual it's fine to sage first because you're replacing that space that you're cle- that you're cleansing the energy of with your spell we can we talk about sage. We can get into it. But basically, the principle of sage is it completely bleaches your energy space. It completely scrubs it out. So you don't want to just sage your home or your apartment without burning an incense or some Palo Santo afterwards or putting some sort of intention back into the atmosphere. Because if you just sage your place and leave it like that, anything can come in. So make sure you're replacing that cleansed area with something new with your intention. Now, since you're going into a spell, it's good to sage beforehand because you're creating a clean slate and then you're adding your intention, your spell into it. Some witches, when they're going into ritual, call corners. They'll call in their, you know, the four archangels, Michael, Raphael, Uriel, and Gabriel. For me, I I just kind of call in my spirit guide. So however you want to do that, if you want to cast a spell and call in Jesus, go for it. I don't care what you do. But that's that's your basic foundation. I would use... So, I mean, if you're going to do a spell, you're probably going to use a candle. If this is a love magic spell, I would use pink. It's a Venus color. It's nice. It's loving. Or I would use green because it's associated with the heart chakra it's also another color of Venus if you practice planetary magic. So what I always recommend people to do, specifically clients, if they're trying to bring love into their life, is make a list of qualities that you want in a partner, things that are important to you, supportive, kind, even-tempered, funny, whatever it is that you're I'm just like, I'll list off all the things I want. Uh, no. So all the things that you want in a partner. Now, I would also write down all of the things that you don't want in a partner. Now, this you might want to break up into two separate spells. So let's start with what you don't want in a partner. Uh, jealous, an asshole, a dilettante, whatever. I'm not projecting. It's fine. So have your list of shitty qualities. And you don't necessarily have to break this up into two spells, but separate the components of the spells. So maybe you could write down this list and burn a black candle and then sage your space because you're pushing this out of your life. You're saying you don't want any more of it. Be cognizant of patterns that you've had in past relationships and what you seem to attract that you don't understand why you keep attracting it. Be, Be mindful of those qualities that you no longer want in a partner. Write it down in a list, burn a black candle if you want, burn some sage, and then tear the list um, with your fingers closer to your body and then tear outwards. So it's like you're pushing those things away from you. If you are going into the other list, so the other aspect of the spell or the other spell, then you would tear the paper of things that you do want with your fingers at the top of the page pulling towards you because you're bringing it in. Now, with both of those lists, I I like to burn them, but you can bury them. I wouldn't throw them away. You could flush them down the toilet. That's not the most respectful thing. But also, you know, it's your connection to source. I'm not going to tell you what to do. This is just my recommendation. If you want to dress up the ritual a little bit more, I love blessing my candles with or anointing them with essential oil before I add the oil though I usually wipe the candles off with either seawater or rainwater you can also do moon water is really easy to make if you don't have access to the ocean or if it doesn't rain a lot sympathies to all my desert people because I lived in Phoenix for a very long time you can make moon water by getting a purified water and lay and basically letting the bowl of water Collect the moon's reflection like during a full moon, just make sure that you can see the moon at some point in the evening with your water outside, and that'll be your jar of moon water. You can throw magical crystals in there as well. Selenite's really good, it's basically the crystal of the moon. And just so you know, selenite will over time dissolve in water, but that's never been a problem for me. I just don't want to tell you to put your selenite in water without warning you that it'll change the. I guess, texture of it. I love throwing selenite in my bathtub and stuff though. So I mean, if people tell you, Oh, you can't put your selenite in water, you can just, it might get fucked up. Anyway, I digress. And that's how you can make some moon water. Plus selenite is cleansing. So the purpose of this is to cleanse kind of our tools. So I like to wipe my candles down and I do them from the base to the wick. If I'm cleaning them, because I'm it's again, it's like that same principle of pushing out And then if I'm anointing my candle with an oil, unless it's for a banishing ritual, I do it from the wick to the bottom. So if I'm using a pink candle because I'm attracting love, I'll use geranium is really nice for attracting love. It's supposed to be the most feminine oil. I use it when I'm trying to enchant a man or when I'm trying to make him fall in love with me. I'll wear that. We'll talk about that towards the end of the spell cast, but Rose is also really nice and you can do some light research online just you know love essential oil. Google is amazing. You can find out whatever you want. And so then you would to anoint the to anoint a candle. I'll think about what my intention of my spell is and I will take a couple of drops of oil and from the wick of the candle to the base because I'm pulling in I will think about or say what it is that I'm drawing in or what the spell is for. Now if it's a banishing ritual, I love using sage oil and i will just from the base of the candle towards the wick think about what i want to push out of my life and then burn the black candle let yeah, if it's banishing it's black you know some people use red and black because it's uh, it's planet, for planetary magic i think it's something i think it's like a saturn type of thing but I just personally like to use black candles. I keep it simple. I do, I pull a little bit from planetary magic, but it's not the only place I pull from. I'm very eclectic in my practice. So whatever works for you, I can't stress that enough. Now, if you do want to anoint your candles, but you don't have an essential oil collection and you don't necessarily want to invest in essential oil, you can just use olive oil. It's about intention more than it's about jazzing up your spell with essential oils. Although I do love to do that. The same thing goes for candles, though. You can get a box of, I think it's Shabbat candles at the grocery store for like a dollar fifty, and just get white ones, but put your intention into it. You know what it means. You're communicating with your spirit guides and the other side what it means. You don't have to get fancy. Although I will tell you, if you want to find cheap candles, a great place to do that at is Savers or Goodwill. I love to go. You can go to Savers and look in their weird, like, toys and home goods sections where they, like, just put a bunch of crap in a bag. And there are almost always just big bags of tapered candles. Make sure you cleanse those, though, because who knows what the household they came from was like. I also never like to do spells without giving an offering to my guides. For me, this just looks like a little bowl on my altar, and I'll pour a little bit of wine into my offering dish or I also like honey and milk mixed together is good, especially for love spells. I like to do a little bit of almond milk with some honey and mix it up and throw some rose petals in there if I'm feeling really fancy and just let that chill on your altar during your ritual and at least overnight. And then the next day you can dump it into the ground, but don't give it back to earth. Don't flush that down anywhere and make sure you're not using anything or disposing of it when you do put it outside in a way that could harm nature or harm animals. But if you just, you know, if you pour a little bit of whiskey into the grass, like the grass will be fine or just, you know, do it in a patch of dirt, but give it back to the earth. Try not to flush it down the toilet. But again, your connection with source, do whatever you want. So as far as the love magic and love spell thing goes, that's my general advice on the situation if you have any questions about this by the way you can always reach out to me I love answering questions about witchcraft now I also said we would talk about sex magic so let's talk about that because it's really fun you can do this with or without a partner you can do it with or without their knowledge if you're doing it with your partner and <laughs> that sounded so like rapey and weird you can have sex magic with someone without their knowledge That's so not what I meant but, okay, so what I do mean is, okay, so let's assume that you have a partner who you can do sex magic with, and they're cool with it, they're part of the ritual. You you could set up your altar with your spell, with your intention, go into ritual together. If you're practicing sex magic with a partner, I'm going to assume you're a little bit more advanced, so I don't need to go over the basics or like the step-by-step of how to create this ritual, but light a candle, set your intentions, and then basically... You cast your circle and you fuck in it, but it's important that you both come to an orgasm. So you need to, you know, make sure that happens for you because the idea is the ritual ends when both partners come to an orgasm and the orgasm is how you emit that energy into the, into the world, into the universe, into the atmosphere, whatever. So it's kind of like your magical tool to transmit your spell into the ether You can do this by yourself as well by masturbating. Set a ritual, cast a circle, make yourself come and think about your intention, you know, as you come or before you start pleasuring yourself, think of your intention and let it be known that once you release, that's what the release is going to. If I'm having, you know, if I'm having some sex masturbation time, I will because, you know, I don't want to be thinking about my spell while I'm trying to get off. I want to think about pervy stuff. So I'll kind of be like, okay, this is what I want. Now I'm going to be a pervert in my mind, but just know that this release is for this and not whatever weird fantasy happens. Okay. Like, okay, great. So I've already shared enough. We're not going to get into it anymore. So that's how you basically, that's basically how you do that. If you are doing it with a partner without their knowledge, that's fine. It's just like, I don't know, you can't really set up a ritual, but it's just at the moment of release, quickly try to think about what it is that you want or just before you go into sex, you know, before you go into your intercourse session, let source know this is my intention. Don't be like, oh, I'm involving this person, blah, 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 like steal their energy like a psychopath. Just, you know... (laughs) Like anything I'm talking about doesn't make you a psychopath. All of this makes you a psychopath. If you're listening to this, you're a psychopath. So your orgasm is basically how you're conducting your intention into the atmosphere, into the ether. I've already said basically that exact same thing. Can you tell it is super late? Okay, moving on. Well, sort of, because I'm going to just touch on the great right. This is basically covens use this. When they have their coveny practices together, they have their group ritual, one person or all people in the coven will be instructed to go home and have sex or masturbate, and their orgasm will be the tool to bring their the intention past the veil. So that's just some fun stuff on how you can use an orgasm to take over the world. If you're Trump, that requires hookers to piss on you. I guess. I don't know. Well, we do know that happened. Or was it fake news? I don't know. We don't need to bring it there. It's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day. Why am I even saying his name? I'm not going to. I take it back. All right. I guess this isn't going to be a very long episode because I'm almost done. I want to talk about enchanting a man versus putting an actual ritual on a man. Enchanting a man... For me, it's kind of like, oh, I'm going to wear these magical crystals. I'm going to make sure I'm nice and calm when I, before I go to see him. I'm having weird deja vu right now. Oh, God, I'm having such weird deja vu. Anyway, these are kind of some of the fun witchy things I like to do when I very first start dating someone. Uh, crystals that I love to carry when I'm trying to get a, you know, attract a person is, um, well, my favorite is rhodochrosite. And I've given this to people who are single before. I gave it to my friend Mike once and i remember like a week or so later i was hanging out with him in a in a group but he was being so charming and sparkly and i was like mike do you have the crystal i gave you and he was like yeah i do i'm wearing it right now and i was like that's why you're so damn cute right now and i was with another girl and she was like i know he's glowing so rhodochrosite and when i'm wearing that and i'm trying to be I'm trying to project the energy of rotocrisite. It's supposed to be a stone that helps you attract your soulmate or helps you attract soulmate-type people, which can be dangerous, by the way, because soulmates are here to teach us the lesson, so make sure you're going to learn a good lesson instead of a bad one. Don't repeat having to learn the lesson of dating a piece of shit when you could learn a new lesson about dating someone who's wonderful. So if I'm going to take some rotocrisite, I put it in my bra, but I'll put it in my bra on the right side. The reason I do this is because I'm right-handed, so I cast with my right hand. Whatever your dominant hand is or your dominant side is, that's what you're putting out into the world, and the opposite side is what you take in. So if I'm trying to feel out the energy of something, I'll usually take it with my left hand because I take an energy from there if I'm trying to infuse an object with my energy or if I'm like trying to bless a crystal or something I will use my right hand so if I'm trying to project this like rhodochrosite type of energy I will wear that crystal in the in my bra on the right side because that's what I'm projecting and it makes it does make you feel attractive and sparkly and pretty and I believe that it helps other people see that quality in you Rose quartz is also another nice crystal for this, but that's more, in my opinion, that's more of a self-love type of tool. Although, you know, if you're just making your aura nice and loving, people are going to gravitate towards that. Just make sure you're not attracting psychic vampires or people who are going to suck that loving energy out of you without replacing it. My friend Alexis always says the best thing. Hey girl. She always says, if you're not contributing, you're taking. So make sure that you're putting this energy and your love into people who refill you with the same type of thing. Otherwise, you're just going to end up so drained, which is another reason why I think putting a spell on, on a specific person is a bad idea because you're just giving them your energy, and you don't know if you're going to get back or get it back or what you're going to get back. You'll usually get something back, but it's not necessarily going to be what you want. Just don't don't do ritual for a specific person, unless it's like a situation where they've asked you to or you have some sort of agreement. But if you're just like willy-nilly on your own throwing out love spells don't do it. I don't have to keep talking. I don't have to like beat you guys over the head with it, but it's just don't do it. Um, Okay. So another thing about enchanting a man is I like to use essential oils instead of perfume. And this is because when you're buying perfume, especially perfume that's mass produced, there tends to be a lot of chemicals or synthetic scents in it. But if you're using pure essential oil, that's essence that comes from a flower, it comes straight from nature and it combines with your hormones in a really nice way. Geranium is my favorite. I mean, if you want to get like hardcore about your your scent, which I recommend, replace your deodorant with essential oil. And I'm not going to say that this is the easiest thing to do because there is a transitionary, like a transitional period where you have to kind of like purge out all the bullshit that you've been putting on your armpits. When I made the switch from deodorant to essential oils, I like broke out, but you can, you can help that process by, I guess if you put like a cloth with apple cider vinegar under your armpits, it helps to purge out the weird stuff in your armpits from deodorant, from years of deodorant. There is like, I remember that like my scent was kind of off and kind of funky when I first traded and it was a little frustrating, but it maybe it's like a week or two and I didn't use apple cider vinegar or anything like that. I just switched. I learned later that there are ways where you can make that transition easier, but you also have to like, you kind of have to like disinfect your armpits. I usually wipe mine down with like witch hazel once a month or whenever I'm getting a little too funky. But now I just, I throw essential oils under my armpits every day and I smell wonderful. And people tell me I smell good all the time. People kind of lose their shit over how good I smell. And I'm not trying to sound like a narcissistic asshole. I just think that humans smell better when we use natural scents instead of chemicals because we're not masking our pheromones. We're enhancing them. We're infusing them with the sense of nature. So throw a little bit of geranium and lavender. Also, if you're gonna start using essential oils instead of deodorant, it's good to use some sort of base with an astringent or with an antibacterial. I usually will use like spearmint or eucalyptus for this. And then you can sort of layer Texas cedar, what is really nice. Maybe I'll just have an entire episode of essential oil and like deodorant recipes. <laughs> um, but anyway, I mean if you, you know, if you're not ready to make that deodorant switch. Don't worry about that yet, but I would use essential oils instead of perfume and carry it on you. Um, put it, you know, behind your ears, all the good perfume places. I like to put it in between my boobs because anywhere that generates heat is going to help that smell come out more. Uh, with essential oils, you do have to apply it a little bit more than you do with perfume, but it's not that serious. You know, once or twice a day and you smell amazing. Rose oil smells so nice, but some people, I guess, think it's an old lady smell. You know, geranium's good. Geranium is a great essential oil because it's maternal, it's motherly, but it's also sexy. And dudes are going to be attracted to a maternal person. Not that they want like a mother, but they're, we like sex and we're, we are, you know, our instincts tell us to have sex because we're trying to reproduce. So if a man thinks that you're a nurturing person or you're coming across as nurturing, even though he may not be wanting to have kids ever or have kids with you there's still an attraction to that maternal aspect of people and i know that i'm using like man and woman blah 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 as an example and i'm not trying to alienate anyone i just you know i'm just i'm just using the basic foundation of male attracted to female because i am it's not to alienate someone so i mean i mean a woman will also be attracted to that sort that same sort of nurturing maternal instinct because it's comfortable it's comforting and it's feminine and it's sexy so you don't have to be a man to be you know be interested in a woman who seems maternal it's just it's still sexy i don't want to bury, i don't want to i don't think i'm digging myself into a hole i think i'm being inclusive if anyone has any complaints let me know and i will address them Okay, so since I did say all of that and I know I have male listeners, if you're trying to enchant a female, you're going to want to use a nice, you know, divine masculine scent. I think tobacco smells amazing. It's a really nice, masculine, comforting, strong, warm scent. So something, you know, musky but soothing are going to be nice, gentle, loving scents that will attract a woman. Grounding. Grounding is good for men. Light is, I'm not going to say men, but masculine. If you're trying to attract, if you're trying to be a masculine attraction, I think I'm, I think I've figured out how to make this queer friendly. If you're trying to be, um, if you're trying to project a masculine energy because you want to attract someone who is attracted to masculine things, then use a grounding scent. If you are trying to project a feminine smell because you want to attract someone who likes feminine scents and feminine energy, then use geranium, use something light. Lavender is good. I actually once read that the two scents that men are the most sexually attracted to are vanilla and lavender. And when I worked at the strip club and I wanted to make big bucks, I would use lavender and it worked. I'm telling you. And if you're a stripper, use lavender with bergamot because bergamot attracts money and it also, you can rub a little bergamot on your heart chakra and that helps to alleviate a fear of money. So I use, I mean, I currently will rub bergamot on my heart chakra if I'm trying to attract clients and I want to make sure that my head is in the right place to provide a good service and I want to remember that I'm good at what I do and I believe in myself and I, you know, am qualified and I don't want to close myself off from financial opportunity bergamot on your heart chakra. Also, since we're on the subject of essential oils and heart chakra, if you're trying to get over someone, rosemary on your heart chakra is wonderful. Rosemary is beautiful if you need to leave a broken heart behind. I, it's such a wonderful transition. I love rosemary on the heart chakra. It'll really, really help you things out. One thing that you can do when you're working with scents and enchanting people is add a couple of drops of blood or urine or a piece of your hair to your bottle of scent. And I know that sounds gross and I don't piss in my oils or use blood, but that's not going to completely write me off the gross factor because I do like to do a weird thing when I take baths and I'm not the only one. I've talked to other witches. I'm not the only one who's into it. What I like to do if I before I go out on a date or before I go see my dude, I'll take a bath and I'll put a ton of like, um, baking soda, maybe a little bit of salt in there. Baking soda in the bathtub is great. By the way, it totally cleans out your aura, but I will pee a little bit in the bathtub, in the water and soak in it and add baking soda and essential oil. And before you get all grossed out, pee is sterile, get over it. And also when you sweat, there's a little bit of piss in your sweat. So like calm down. So anyway, piss a little bit in the bathtub, add some baking soda, this is with your water. This isn't like piss and drain or like piss and run water. This is like sitting in your urine and water with baking soda and add some essential oil and wash your hair in that water. Rinse it in that water. Don't really wash yourself off with clean water afterwards. You want that scent to be attached to you and you smell wonderful. And your pheromones and whatever yummy stuff exists within your urine when you mix it with baking soda and water and essential oil will coat your skin and you'll be delicious. I'm serious. Dude or girl won't be able to keep their hands off you. I promise. And then they'll like bury their nose in your armpit and be like, you smell so good. I just want to choke the life out of you. And then you'll be like, okay, do it. As long as you promise to breathe it back in. Oh yeah. You can also spit in your perfume. Just want to add that. You can add a little bit of spit. It just adds your, it adds your energy and adds your essence into your product that you use to enchant. So that's an example of enchanting people. Also, like nice little gentle touches. If you want, you can, okay, with your cat, if you really want to enchant someone, with the hand that you cast with. Visualize like a little ball of energy and then infuse it with pink and loving colors and energy and feels like whatever feels nice and romantic to you and just kind of hold that energy in your hand and then caress that person and let them sort of absorb and feel what your love is like. So now that I've kind of gone over how to enchant someone and you've got them on the hook, I want to talk to you about psychic connection with someone that you're romantically or emotionally involved with, because whether or not you're a practicing psychic, we're all a little bit psychic. And when you think about someone a lot, you open up a channel. When I'm opening up a channel to someone, it's because I'm focusing my thoughts on them and I know how to kind of get into their energy. But if you don't really, if you haven't trained for that, it doesn't matter. Just by thinking about someone almost obsessively or a lot, they'll start to pick up on it without realizing it. So if you've ever kind of noticed when you're getting close to someone that you'll think about them and then they'll text you, it's likely that you guys are thinking about each other at the same time or someone's thinking about the other person really strongly. So the other, like person A is thinking about person B really strongly. So then person B starts thinking about person A. And so if you have a tendency to feel like you're starting to obsess about someone, it could be because like you guys are both strongly thinking about each other at the same time, and you guys are kind of both feeding into that energy. So if you're thinking about someone too much, you can ask your spirit guides to just, hey, I need to not have this person in my space right now. And you can also, that'll block you from feeding their channel. So if you're thinking about someone too hard and you don't want them to pick up on it and then feed back into it, because you guys are just like obsessing over each other, like weirdos from far away, just cut it off. That'll block you from them and it'll protect them from whatever you're projecting outwards. And it's just, it makes it easier to get things done in your day-to-day life and maintain your responsibility. And it also, you know, you don't want to get too obsessive in your relationships. It's nice to have those boundaries and you need to be able to create those psychically if you don't want to burn out the relationship or create codependency or unhealthy habits. I have had really strong psychic connections with people before that were hard to get rid of or hard to know what to do with. So another thing that you can do, and I hope that you are able, you guys are all able to follow this, is this, like, if you're having... A hard time. Um, This is especially good if you're trying to get over someone or if a relationship's not working out or if you want to use the energy, the obsessive psychic energy in a way that kind of benefits you in a vain way. So you know how maybe you're really longing after someone and they don't want you or you feel like they, you know, they feel, you feel like you don't want them and you're not getting the relationship to move forward and you're sad about it. Well, when you're feeling an emotion, there's some sort of energy that's happening. So in the past, if I was longing for someone and I felt like they didn't want me, what I just, what I started doing was I would take the emotion that I was feeling in my chest and I would try to concentrate the energy of the sadness up into my face and turn it into beauty. And I swear when I do this, I can feel the blood rushing to my face. I call it an energy facial. So I mean, you can do this if you're feeling really in love with someone too. Just be like, okay, well, I'm going to use this so that I look radiant and I look beautiful and I look like I'm glowing. It's kind of taking that happiness that you're feeling and applying it to your face. Just basically take the emotion and focus it up into your face and tell yourself you're a beautiful, fierce bitch. And I think that's pretty much all I wanted to go over. I've got some gifts to wrap and I've got... I've got to write out a bunch of Valentine's Day cards because I give them to my friends and I leave them on all my neighbor's doors because I love spreading love and I love Valentine's Day and I love all of you. One of the things that I was doing for Valentine's Day or a promotion that I did run for Valentine's Day is a joint chakra assessment. And when I, go, when I do a chakra assessment, I basically will channel someone and look at all of their chakras and how these affect behavioral patterns. So with the, with the joint chakra assessments, and I type up an entire report and I go over what each chakra is and how, you know, I believe you're being affected, you know, in your day to day or how I think your behavioral patterns are based on your chakras, I'll give you a report of you. I'll give you a report of your partner and then I will write up how you guys are interacting with each other based on that and how your strengths can be strengthened and how to address maybe some issues in the relationship. So That's a special that I've been running up until Valentine's Day, but if you do need to get your partner a Valentine's Day gift still, you won't get it by Valentine's Day, but I'll get it out to you, you know, within 48 hours of payment. If that's something you'd like, you can reach out to me. And I think that's it. You guys, I love you so much. I'm sending all the love even if you're single, love yourself, do some self-care, spread the love, smile at everyone. It's the day of love, and there's nothing better than love. I'm going to say love seven more times. All right, you guys all know where to find me. I hope you have a wonderful, magical day. Thanks again for tuning in. You can find me on Instagram at Rainbow Glitter Star for my daily horoscopes and podcast updates at The Glitter Cast. And don't forget to tune into my weekly live stream with Sal from The Crooked Path on YouTube Betwixt the Shadows.